When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Discover. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. That means no waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Matt Ray, and I'm a sociologist at uh, Temple University, and I study the sociology of race and ethnicity, and I study cultural sociology, and I study medical sociology uh, and sort of the sociology of health and illness. And lately at least or in part of what you study, I know you've been uh, studying suicide as well, correct? I have. Um, to, to sum up what I do in a word would be to say that I study losers um, <laughs> and um, – I am interested in those who uh, lose um, out on societal gains and out on opportunities and um, it's another way of saying I'm interested in inequalities and stratification. From WNYC and APM American Public Media, this is Freakonomics Radio, the podcast that explores the hidden side of everything. Here's your host, Stephen Dubner. If you had to guess, would you say that more people in the U.S. die from homicide or from suicide? I mean, homicide is certainly a lot noisier in the newspaper headlines, the cop shows on TV. But the fact is, there are more than twice as many suicides every year, about 36.5 thousand suicides versus about 16.5 thousand homicides. And more people kill themselves in the western states than in any other part of the country. The sociologist Matt Ray is studying this so-called suicide belt. He's also written a paper about one place out west that boasts the dubious distinction of having the highest suicide rate of any city in the country. I was living in Las Vegas and I wanted to understand more about Las Vegas as a community. I just – I just moved there and uh, was struck by the exceedingly high suicide rate in Las Vegas. And so I, I wanted to know, you know what's, what's causing this and more specifically, could it be something about the place that actually is effectively sort of suicidogenic? You know, what, what's generating this high rate of suicide over such an extended period of time? Because as far back as I could go in the statistics for decades – I was seeing this consistently high rate. So it was, it, was, it was a puzzle really that more than anything else, just a curiosity that led me down this road. Talk to me about the paper, what you found, what was particularly noteworthy and, and surprising to you. Um, the suicide rate in Las Vegas uh, is the highest of, of the large cities in the United States and it's, it's high by far. Um, the suicide rate – here this is, this is sort of adjusting for age – is – 
over the period, the most recent eight years for which we have data, uh, 18.4 per 100,000 people. That number in itself is meaningless, but um, the next highest number is uh, in Florida. That's 15.9, 15.5. The national average, which is perhaps the most meaningful comparison for that same period, was 9.5. So you're, you're talking about a suicide rate in a city uh, and cities in the United States typically have low suicide rates compared to rural areas. You're, you're talking about a city that has a, a, an average suicide rate, which is twice the national average. And the U.S. is not among the highest countries in the world in terms of suicide rate, not among the lowest either. Although we actually do all right, um, but if we were looking at just Las Vegas, if all of the U.S. were like Las Vegas, we would then be comparable to what countries in terms of suicide rate? We would be comparable to um, countries like uh, Japan, which uh, is recognized as having a high suicide rate, Austria, um, which uh, is recognized as having a high suicide rate. But we wouldn't be as high as Hungary. Uh, we wouldn't be as high as Lithuania. We wouldn't be anywhere near as high as Russia. These are sort of the world leaders um, in in suicide risk. All right. So walk me through the paper a little bit, especially the way you tease apart different pieces of it. In other words, you you looked at and wanted to tease apart the questions of whether it's people who live and stay in Las Vegas who kill themselves, whether it's people who live elsewhere and come to Las Vegas and kill themselves. If people who live in Las Vegas have a higher rate than others elsewhere, what happens when those people go elsewhere and so on? In other words, trying to separate, trying to tease out the effect of the place itself. So talk me through your uh, intentions and then your results there. Right. So we really were we really were interested in this question of of what happens when you you know expose people to Las Vegas. Is there ways in which we can sort of determine if there's a place effect on suicide rates rather than sort of a people effect? That is. Um, people sort of bringing their suicide risk with them to Las Vegas. Um, we wanted to see instead if something happened to people who were exposed to Las Vegas. And that's true both for residents, people who live and die in Las Vegas, and visitors, that is people who live elsewhere but die in Las Vegas. Remember, we're just looking at dead people here. <laughs> we're just looking at death records because that's the data that we have. And what you find then is that if you – if I live and stay in Las Vegas – I'm going to be more likely to kill myself. If I live elsewhere and travel to Las Vegas, I will be more likely to kill myself. But if I live in Las Vegas and leave, I will be less likely to kill myself. Is that right? That's correct. These are quite different size effects. If you – what we call the chronic exposure model, if you live and you're chronically exposed, live and die in Vegas, you're about 60 percent more likely than residents elsewhere in the United States to die by suicide. For the second model that you spoke of, the visitors coming to Las Vegas compared to people who are staying home, it's about a hundred percent increase in um, suicide risk. And for the residents of Las Vegas who leave, they're um, the, what we kind of think of as kind of reduced exposure model or a hiatus model. You take a break from Vegas. Your risk goes down about 20 percent. Hmm. So it sounds like if you live in Las Vegas and there's some chance that you may be suicidal, if you are depressed and you may be suicidal. Get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> so it really does – it really will help. Well, again, the overall risk here – this is important to keep in mind when we're, when we're using this particular measure. It's really small. But, but still, what you're saying is really interesting. You're saying that the people who are there do it more 
regularly than anywhere any other city in the U.S., but also the people who don't live there and come there then do it more often. So I was going to ask you, does this mean that Las Vegas is suicidogenic, that it actually causes suicides, or is it maybe that it's a suicide magnet? But it sounds as though from what you're telling me that it's very much both. Is that right? That's what I believe. I, I can't answer that definitively. I don't have solid evidence on all sides of this question. But um, yeah, that's the explanation that I think is most compelling, um, that there's a chance that suicide uh, rates are higher in Vegas, in part because suicide rates are higher. That is, people are aware of this as a kind of more frequent option um, in Vegas. There's a little bit of a perhaps a Golden Gate Bridge effect um, where people also are recognizing Las Vegas as a kind of suicide destination. Now, I'll, I'll point out that in absolute numbers, the number of people who are doing this is really quite small. We're talking about 25 or 30 people a year who are visitors to Las Vegas who kill themselves there. But still, that, that sounds like a small number, but that's still a much higher number than we see in other cities. Best part of my losing streak in an army jeep for what I can't recall. Coming up, what is it about Las Vegas that leads to such a high suicide rate? We'll also tell you why, if you live in New York, like I do, suicide isn't at the top of your worry list. Here's a hint you might want to leave the cream cheese off your next bagel. Free Economics Radio is sponsored by Range Rover Sport. Range Rover Sport leads by example, combining assertive on-road performance with signature Range Rover refinement and commanding all-terrain capability. The third-generation Range Rover Sport is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable yet. Range Rover Sport redefines sporting luxury, an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Combining dynamic sporting personality with the peerless refinement you expect, Range Rover Sport communicates power, performance, and agility. Advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. The purposeful cockpit-like driving position sets the tone for a focused interior that promotes exhilarating driver engagement. Award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Free Economics Radio is sponsored by Redfin. Whether you need to buy or sell a home or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin has got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even the same day with a local Redfin agent. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents get you the best price possible for your home. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. 
No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Amica Insurance. Amica Insurance is all about empathy. They know your auto, home, and life insurance are more than just policies. Home insurance is about protecting the life you've built. Auto insurance is there to protect you on the road ahead. That's why Amica takes a consultative approach to help protect what matters most to you. They are a customer-owned insurance company that puts your needs first, and their representatives are available 24-7 for claim-related matters. As Amica says, empathy is our best policy. From WNYC and APM American Public Media, this is Freakonomics Radio. Here's your host, Stephen Dubner. Matt Ray is a sociologist who studies, among other things, suicide. He says there are a lot of factors that contribute to Las Vegas having a suicide rate that's nearly double the national rate. For starters, it's grown quickly, really quickly, from about 127,000 people in 1960 to nearly 2 million today. And that kind of boom can make it hard to build strong government institutions. And that, says Ray, can translate into a lack of services like psychiatric counseling. There's also a high rate of drug and alcohol use in Vegas. And, of course, there's the gambling culture. But, Ray says, that's not all. I'll add that there's one more feature here of Las Vegas, which I think it bears mentioning. And that is what I kind of think of as a sort of frontier culture mentality. Uh, among residents, and I think I think even among visitors, um, that Las Vegas is just this this sort of place of of total license. You know, it's, it's the it's the Wild West. It's it's an open frontier for all kinds of uh, immorality and exploration of vice, and the entire self branding of Las Vegas as this place where that is not only tolerated but uh, actually sanctioned. You know, the uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of mentality um, produces, I think, a kind of uh, sort of libertarian ethos of go it alone, do it yourself. Help seeking in this framework is perhaps not um, kind of uh, uh, accepted or, or valorized the way it is in other parts of the country. Um, these kinds of cultural arguments are always very hard to make. They always sound deeply unscientific. But in a lot of ways, I think it's exactly where um, a lot of the, um, the explanatory power comes from, is understanding the, the culture and the values uh, uh, underlying people's behavioral sets. Let me ask you this, Matt. Do you feel um, as a scholar, you know, I mean, look, you have a, what, what sounds to be a very nice job at a very nice university in a very nice city teaching sociology at, at Temple in Philadelphia and and you study suicide and you study, um, as you put it, losers, you know, people who whose lives don't turn out the way they wanted them to turn out and then kind of need to ask themselves, what do I do about it? And some of them kill themselves. In terms of that, do you feel that suicide is an underrated problem in uh, our society and in any society? Underrated. Um, well, I think that I think that we're kind of schizophrenic about suicide, which is um, that we have both devoted intellectuals and scholars and 
public health officials and sociologists and especially psychiatrists and psychologists have devoted so much ink to thinking and talking, exploring suicide, that, that it's hard to say that it's, that it's under-examined. We also tend to be obsessed with suicides in pop culture. I can't even begin to list the number of films, um, the number of TV shows whose plot points turn on suicides. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a, a hot-button issue. But I think it's, it's true, equally true, that most of the time we ignore the suicides that are happening in our midst. Um, I certainly feel that's the case in Las Vegas where uh, every year or year and a half, uh, a reporter, enterprising reporter at one of the, the Las Vegas newspapers discovers – uh, the suicide problem in, in Las Vegas and we get a, a, a kind of um, rash of stories. And then we go back to not thinking about it. And so to the extent that we have this kind of look but don't see um, relationship with suicide, it is kind of under the radar. Why do you think we have that relationship as a sociologist or as a human being? We know it exists. It's existed throughout history. The numbers are large. I mean uh, you talk about how predominant uh, suicide is in pop culture. Let's say in TV, uh, TV shows or films. But I'll tell you, without having done any, any, any looking into this at all, I'd bet a lot of money that murder is much more prominently featured in TV and on film than suicide. And yet murder takes fewer than half the number of lives of suicide every year. Great point. Uh, we do seem to be far more focused on on that form of violence than the lethal self-directed violence that uh, that is suicide. Um, and I think that there's a way in which um, the uh, the need for justice that we feel when a homicide occurs um, motivates us to take a greater collective interest in it. Uh, a crime has occurred. The most heinous kind of crime has occurred. A life has been taken. Someone did it. Uh, that person is bad. We need to identify that person and we need to uh, bring, bring about some justice and some retribution. Um, those ingredients are really missing. They're really missing with suicide. We see it um, as tragedy. We see it as loss. It's deeply saddening. Uh, and depressing and um, grim, very, very grim. And so uh, I, I think it, <laughs> it it doesn't mobilize people in the same way that uh, that homicide does or, or even in some ways accidents. Um, let me ask you one more question. I'd love to – you mentioned it and, and, I, and I think we're, we're looking into it. So I'd love to know if you have any insight. What is the story with Hungary? Why such a, a – over a long period of history, why does Hungary have such a high suicide rate? I have no idea. You, you know, I would rather talk about New York. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, give, give me New York then. Uh, why New York uh, relatively low compared to Vegas? You're absolutely right. Las, Ve uh, Las Vegas has this high suicide rate. New York has the lowest. Um, there are some – some, some urban counties in New Jersey that are lower, but the five uh, borough area in New York um, has extraordinarily low suicide rates. You know, if you live in New York, you're, you an interesting thing is that you're more likely to die of a heart attack than elsewhere. 
in the United States. So the particular place-based risk of death for New Yorkers is not suicide. Um, it's a myocardial infarction. And so this speaks to the issue of sort of how place and health or mortality you know, are related, which is one of the issues I'm trying to get at in this study. In fact, the basic model for our Vegas paper was taken from uh, a study in 1999 about the increase in heart attack risk that visitors to New York experience. Um, people who visit New York see their, their risk for heart attack go up at about 6 percent. And residents of New York have a heart attack risk that is about 12 percent greater than, than elsewhere. So if you – You should you, <laughs> you should get out of New York because if you're a New Yorker and you leave New York, Stephen, your risk of dying by heart attack will drop by about 7 percent. If I'm personally not a lot of risk for a heart attack, then then I can probably afford the added risk of heart attack by staying in New York. If, however, I'm slightly more tending towards suicide, I got to stay out of Las Vegas. That's exactly right. And, and, and my, Hungary, don't even <laughs> cancel that flight. Um, <laughs> do not do not go if you are um, if you're on the fence. Freakonomics Radio is going to Hungary and lots of other places, too. It'll all be part of an hour-long episode about suicide that airs on finer public radio stations this June. There will be four more hours of radio, too. You'll hear from Romanian witches, Harvard dropouts, and a couple of prostitutes. Oh, yeah, a bunch of economists, too. Freakonomics Radio is a co-production of WNYC, APM, American Public Media, and Dubner Productions. Our staff includes Susie Lechtenberg, Beret Lamb, Chris Neary, and Colin Campbell. Our engineer is David Herman. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and you'll get the next episode in your sleep. You can find more audio at FreakonomicsRadio.com. And as always, if you want to read more about the hidden side of everything, go to Freakonomics.com. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.